It's so good to get to be with you guys this morning, to get to worship together and to lean into the truth of God's Word. But before we do that, I just want to give us a a few reminders and and again, add my welcome to all of you, especially those of you that might be newer to the chapel or just kind of checking things out this weekend, and to the rest of our church family that's here week in and week out, serving and giving. And you guys mean so much, and you make this place all that it is. We want to let you know, you know, the, the weather out side is cold, right? It's getting colder. It feels like we went straight to winter, which means that our Christmas services are coming up. And so we wanted to make sure that you guys had these dates uh, on your calendar for our special Christmas Eve services, uh, probably our largest services of the year. It's such an awesome family time to be together, and it's a great opportunity to reach out to friends and coworkers and neighbors, and in the weeks to come, we'll have some tools to help you do that really easily to, as you invest in people, so you, then you can make that invite. And uh, so on the way in, you, can, you got a card that has the, the, the times for that special weekend, both our regular weekend service times and then Christmas Eve. Um, we're going to have a special pre-Christmas Eve on Monday, December 23rd, a 6 p.m. service. That way, if you're traveling on Christmas Eve, you can still be a part of a Christmas Eve service. And then on the actual day of Christmas Eve, December 24th, 11 a.m., 1, 3, and 5 p.m., all here at our Sandusky campus. And so uh, mark those down and uh, plan on being with us, with your family and with your friends, and we look forward to that very, very, very much. The other thing I want to let you know about is in just a couple of weeks, we're having our foundations class, which really is a first step here at the chapel. If, if you've been coming here uh, two months, two weekends, or 20 years, and you've never been a part of our foundations class, I want to encourage you to come and be a part and check that out. This time we're offering it in a simple weekend setting, Friday evening and then Saturday morning. It's a great place to meet others. Uh, you sit, get to sit around tables, and we, we look at some of the core beliefs and values um, of our church and really understanding some of the basics of the faith. And even if you've been walking with Jesus for many years, it's such a reaffirming time of saying, man, yeah, that is what I believe in. Yeah, that is why I believe that. And the foundation class also doubles as our membership class. And so I just want to encourage you, check that out. Uh, You can simply register online or you can text the word foundations to the number on the screen. You can take your Connect card and just write the word foundation on it. And we'll be sure to send you a reminder email so that you are ready and can dive into that class with us. Maybe grab a few friends or maybe your small group if people haven't been a part of that. uh, Something to do together. So look forward to our foundation class coming up. Also, out in the atrium last weekend and this weekend as well, you see um, a big table for our Operation Christmas Child Boxes. That's our way to bless the world at Christmas time. You just grab a box or two or four or however many you want to do and uh, fill them up with your family with some of the items that are listed there. And then those, you'll bring those back in two weeks and then we'll ship those off all over the world through Operation Christmas Child, and kids will receive a gift at Christmas, and they'll also hear the good news about Jesus, the real reason for uh, the season. And uh, that's, that's been a, a tradition here at the chapel, and it's been always so cool to see the response in that. This year, something else new that we're doing, instead of a, a giving catalog like we've done in the past, this kind of replaces that, and we also want to just bless our community. And you'll see out in the atrium a giving tree. On that giving tree you're going to see some little ornaments like this. You can go grab an ornament, and then out there on the table next to the tree, there's a card. It gives all the details, all the information 
so that you can be involved in giving towards a local ministry to bless people, families, kids right here in our own community. So we want to we impact our community and our world, and this is the, the community piece to that. And uh, so I want to encourage you to stop out in the, in the atrium and check those out today uh, before you leave the services, and uh, that's a great way to just give back. And one of our core values here at the, at the chapel is to live generously, and this is just one way that we get to do that. Finally, um, in two weeks, we'll have another one of our best services of the entire year, and that's our baptism celebration service. And several people will make that kind of public display of their faith. And I just want to encourage you that if you've given your life to Jesus, but you've never taken that step uh, of being baptized publicly before others, uh, it's, it's a powerful experience. It's a significant next step in your faith. And uh, there is still time for you to be a part of that. You can simply write the word baptism on the Connect card, drop it in the giving box. We'll follow up with you this week, help explain, answer your questions, and we would love for you to be a part of that. So take advantage of that next step in your life as well, okay? Well, we are in the midst of a series here at the chapel through the book of Colossians, which was this ancient letter that Paul wrote to a group of believers in Colossae. has so much relevance for everyday life. In this book, Paul is really helping us discover what a new life in a relationship with Jesus looks like and how, how our faith in God can affect every sphere of our life, including our work. Our work. And whenever I think about work, it takes me back to a classic. And it makes me think of this little song. So turn your attention. Now you wash the dishes. You tidy up the room. You clean the fireplace. And I'll use the broom. Just whistle while you work. And cheerfully together we can tidy up the place. Oh man, it's been a while since I've seen that classic Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Who doesn't love it? One of the, yeah, Disney classics. And I don't know if you caught it. Um, it's easy to get just kind of wrapped up in the song, and we miss some of the really significant lyrics. Uh, in that section of the song, Snow White says, Imagine that the broom is someone that you love, and soon you'll find you're dancing to the tune. When hearts are high, the time will fly, so whistle while you work. Snow White's trying to let us in on a secret that uh, really to, to change our perspective of our Monday through Friday, we can begin to think about our work as something different or for someone more important. That's why she says, imagine that the broom is someone that you love, that she's saying our work uh, can actually become a joy. But that's not how it is for a lot of us, is it? 
In fact, for many of us, the theme song of our work day sounds more like the Seven Dwarves songs. I owe, I owe. So it's off to work, I go. Right? But what if work could be different? I think the, the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at uh, today from the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul's going to challenge us to think about work a little bit more like Snow White was trying to think about work. That it doesn't have to just be a grind. And Paul's going to challenge us to, to not to whistle while we work, but to, to worship while we work. You say, well, I thought worship is on Sundays and work is on Mondays. But what, what if God intended that the two would be one? The, the definition of worship that I so love from Warren Wearsby says that worship is the believer's response to all that they are, to all that God is, says, and does. That, that worship is so much more than just the songs that we sing on Sunday. It's actually the work that we do on Monday as well. That really everything can become an act of worship when we're responding to God's goodness in our lives. So whether we're, whether we're running, that can be an act of worship. Whether, whether we're serving, that can be an act of worship. Whether we're studying, that too can be an act of worship. And yes, even our work can be worship. What would happen if we worshipped while we worked? The truth of the matter is we spend a lot of time at work. The statistics say that 47% of our waking hours will be spent on the job. That's a lot of time. And I don't know about you, but I don't just want to live in the grind for 47% of my day. And neither does God. He, he doesn't want it to be, be that way. And so we want to look at uh, what our work can really look like and why our work matters to God. See, I believe three things. It matters to God both where we work, certainly how we work, and also why we work. So I want us to think about those three things in our time together today. The first one, it matters to God where we work. It matters to God where we work because it's where God has us right now. Now, some of you in the room may say, well, I don't, he doesn't have me anywhere right now. I'm, I'm unemployed or I'm in between jobs. Or maybe you say, well, uh, I'm retired. Or maybe you say, well, I'm, I'm having to take care of a family member right now. Or maybe you say, I'm a stay-at-home mom. When we think about work, work is so much bigger than just the things that we get paid for. It's a calling in our life to, to serve God and to do good in whatever capacity God has us in. That's why where we work matters because, well, it's where God has us right now. And so whether that is as a school teacher, my, my wife Lisa is a school teacher. She teaches first grade and she'll often say to her students, listen guys, my job is to be your teacher but your job is to be a student. Everybody has a job of some sort. The question is, how are we approaching that job? Is it just the grind? Or could it be an act of worship? And for the people that Paul was writing to in the book of Colossians, some of them 
were stuck in a slavery situation. And that's why he writes in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. He says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything that you do. Now you say, well, Todd, I thought we were talking about work, not slavery. And then some of you are like, no, it feels like the same thing, right? But, but our understanding of slavery today is not the picture of what slavery was in New Testament times. And in actuality, much of what Paul says to slaves applies to us in our current Monday through Friday kind of jobs. Here's what the Bible Knowledge Commentary says, that slaves were found in all professions. In fact, maybe you didn't know this, there were slaves that were doctors in New Testament times. Slaves were found in all professions and generally had more opportunity for social advancement than free peasants. Unlike the vast majority of slaves in the United States and the Caribbean, they were able to work for and achieve freedom. Some free slaves even became independently wealthy. They write, this social mobility applied especially to the household slaves, which is of the only kind of slaves addressed in Paul's writings. Therefore, economically, socially, and with regard to freedom to determine their future, these slaves were better off than most free persons in the Roman Empire. This is really, really key for us to understand that slavery in New Testament times was not such a bad thing. In fact, many people chose to be slaves because it was a simple way to provide for their families. They could guarantee a roof over their heads, food, food in the belly, and, and clothing on their backs. And so Paul's writing to these slaves And he says, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Why? Because this is where you are right now. Where you are matters, even if you're a slave. And in whatever occupation or job or calling or place that God has you in now, it matters to him. Now notice that Paul doesn't say, hey slaves, see if you can get out of that gig, you know. Uh, Hey, see if you can work your way up. Hey, see, see if you, you know. Why don't you see if there's a better slave owner out there? Hey, shift jobs. Uh, Just move from place to place. Find the next thing. Find your real calling. Paul simply says, hey, you are where you are. You are a slave. And so as long as you're a slave, obey your earthly master. Because where you are matters. Now, were there poor uh, examples of earthly masters? Certainly there were. In fact, at the beginning of Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul gives some instruction to the slave masters and says, hey, you guys got to treat your slaves well. Honor them. And there, there can always be abuses in the system. And some of you work in, in some hard work environments where it is not fun. The last thing coming to your mind is, oh, whistle while I work. And yet... Paul's saying to a group of slaves, just do your job, work hard, work obediently, follow the chain of command, do what your boss tells you to do. Now, that doesn't mean we do things that are morally or ethically wrong. God is our greatest standard there. But Paul's saying, as much as it depends on you, wherever you're at, obey your master, serve them. I love what Paul says in the book of Acts. Uh, He's speaking to a group of people that didn't have any relationship with God. 
And he reminds them by referencing some of their own poets of the day. And he's really giving credit to God. He says, for in him we live and we move and we exist. Paul was trying to say to everybody, not just Christ followers, hey, where you work matters wherever you are. Because wherever you are, God has you. And, and in him, in God, we live. We find our life and we move and we exist and we work. So where we work matters to God, but it also matters to God how we work. Matters to God how we work. I would say this is the capstone. This is probably the most important thing that Paul is about to say to the Colossians when it comes to the work life. How we work is important because it should please him, please God, and it should please those that we are working for. Look at what he says next. He says, slaves, obey your masters. Try to please them all the time. He's saying, work hard to please your master. How you work matters. Not just when they're watching you, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. So here Paul points to a a deeper purpose and reason for our work that we'll talk about more in a few moments. But he's pointing to our relationship with God, that our relationship with God ought to impact every sphere of our life, including our nine to five. He says, because you fear God, that should impact how we work. And so he lays out a few ways that we ought to work as followers of Jesus. If we're going to honor God with our work, he says, try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. He's talking about integrity, that we ought to work with integrity. Integrity is it's doing the right thing even when nobody is looking, including the boss. Working with integrity. Uh, years ago, my father-in-law, when he was still alive, got a great job opportunity, and they moved to the Detroit area, to, was working um, in the auto industry, and he had completed his journeyman's card and was going to work in the, the tool shop uh, in this auto plant. And uh, maybe, maybe some of you have heard me share a little bit about this before. He, he was working in the tool room, and on his first couple days of the job, you know, he just noticed that a lot of the guys were just kind of hanging around, <laughs> just sitting around. In fact, in fact <laughs> they, they had lazy boy chairs back in the tool room <laughs> and TVs and and VCRs, like I know we're beyond the VCR days, but there was, it used to be you couldn't just pull up Netflix on your iPad or on your phone. And they were literally sitting around watching movies in the middle of the day. It's no wonder that the auto industry has not been able to, to hold its own. And not, not when people are taking advantage of the system. And I remember him telling me, yeah, within the first couple of weeks, the guys in the tool shop were getting on him like, hey, Miller, slow it down. Hey, you don't have to be in such a rush. He was starting to make them look bad. And I remember when he told me, he said, I looked right at one of them. He said, listen, they treat us well here. They pay us well, but they pay us to work. And so when I'm at work, I'm going to work. And you guys can do whatever you want to do. I look up to him in so many ways for that kind of work ethic, for that kind of integrity. That matters to God. How we work matters to God. I love what John Piper says. Uh, he says, uh, be, 
we'll put it up on the screen for you so you can read along. He says, be absolutely and meticulously honest and trustworthy on the job. Be on time. Give a full day's work. More people, he says, rob their employers by being slackers than by stealing the petty cash. Wow. Gives a whole new perspective to how we work. And Paul's saying we ought to work with integrity, but we also ought to work with sincerity. That's what he says next in verse 22. He says, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. When we sign a note, sincerely, Todd Nielsen, what am I saying? Is it, I, I'm, I'm trying to highlight the fact that everything that I've written up to that point really meant something. And Paul is saying, work like we mean it. Like we mean it for the best of our employer. The word sincerity means free from deceit or hypocrisy. It means to to do things with the best interests of others in mind. To, To do what we say and to say what we mean, right? Sincerely. To work with integrity and to work with sincerity. We see this pop up throughout Scripture in the Old Testament. Uh, Joshua is trying to remember, uh, to remind the the Israelite nation of all of God's goodness and faithfulness to them. And in that context, then he says, now therefore, now therefore, that is because God's been so faithful and kind and generous to you. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him and serve him with sincerity and faithfulness. I would say that our, how we work is a direct reflection of our spiritual condition. In other words, um, our vertical relationship with God is meant to influence our horizontal relationships with others, our family, our friends, and yes, our coworkers, our employers. And to work sincerely... <laughs> In fact, I would say if we lack sincerity in the workplace, it could be that we most likely are lacking sincerity with God. See, God is not impressed if we uh, act all sincere with Him, but then don't sincerely work hard for others. That's why Jesus tied the greatest commandment together. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. They can't be dissected. And so he's saying how we work matters, where we work, how we work, with integrity and with sincerity. And finally, he says, and we ought to also work willingly, willingly. Colossians 3.23, Meg read these verses for us earlier. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You see, it's a, it's a matter of who we understand we're actually working for that changes our mindset. It's just like Snow White. Imagine the broom is someone that you love, and soon you'll find yourself dancing to the tune. It changes everything when we remember why we're really doing things. And that should lead to a, a willingness, and he says, work willingly at whatever you do. Whether you're in the office, whether you're on the line in the factory, whether you're on the roof putting on shingles, whether you're teaching in a classroom, whether you're the student in the classroom, whether you're in sports, whatever we do, work at it, he says, willingly. 
willingly, like with, with an expectancy, with a, with a readiness, with a, with a joy and a positive attitude. What happens, and what happens when, when a follower of Jesus talks about going to church on Sunday, but is one of the worst workers in the company? It doesn't just damage that person's name, it, it damages the name of Jesus. You see, those of us that have given our life to Jesus is supposed to affect all of who we are, and that's a process for all of us, and we ought to be working that way. None of us have arrived, none of us are perfect. Man, I have bad attitude days, I have tougher days. But the question is, are we in process, and are we starting to look at work the way that Jesus wants to help us see work? It's the way that Paul was trying to help the Colossians even see their slavery, that it mattered. It mattered where they work, and it mattered how they would work. And finally, it also matters why we work. And this kind of provides the undergirding of everything else that we've talked about, the why. Why should I approach my job differently? Why should I work hard when everybody else is slacking off? Why should I be honest when it'd be easier to cut corners? Why should I work hard even when the boss isn't around? It has to do with who we're working for. It matters to God why we work because our work provides, yes, both an earthly but also an eternal reward. I mean, if I were to ask all of us, hey, well, why do you go to work? Probably most of us will say, well, I mean, <laughs> I've got bills. <laughs> I've got bills to pay, right? Uh, I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go. And there, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with working hard to provide for your family and to pay the bills. God calls us all to take on that kind of responsibility. In fact, uh, in another one of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians, he comes down pretty hard on some Christians for getting lazy, just kind of hanging around saying, hey, hey, Jesus is going to come back anyway. No reason to you know, work, work all, this, all this stuff. And Paul comes down on them and says, no, get to work. Be faithful. Do, it, do what you should do. Provide. So there is an earthly reward and an earthly motivation for our work. But man, is all we're living for the weekend? Is all we're working for just the paycheck? What if there's a greater purpose? Like Meg was talking about, what if there's a greater purpose to Panera? What if there's a greater purpose to the church? What if there's a greater purpose to teaching? What if there's a greater purpose to the construction site? What if God has you where he has you for a, for a more significant reason? And, and what if... What if what we earn isn't just a temporary paycheck, but it could impact eternity? Paul alludes to this at the end of this passage in Colossians 3.24. He says, remember, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master that you are serving is Christ. There's two profound motivations here for our everyday work. One is the inheritance. A reward, he says. Now, remember, he's talking to slaves. And his first words to them was, 
Obey your slave masters. And Paul is now tying this all together saying, listen, if you obey your slave masters, your real master, Christ, is going to give you an inheritance, a reward that there's an even greater and more significant payday for how we live our lives even in the nine to five. And not only is there this other reward this other inheritance he says the real person that you're serving your real master is jesus christ see when we place our faith and trust in jesus we discover a new leader in our life a new lord in our life and the whole book of colossians is about how jesus as our lord begins to take the lead in our lives But we don't always serve under real good earthly masters, do we? And that's part of what sometimes makes it difficult. I remember my first uh, real job, other than mowing lawns and stuff, uh, was working at at a local McDonald's where I grew up. I worked there for three years, and I mean, I did it all. I started out working back on the grill and then moved up front and learned the cash register. Next thing you know, I'm wearing a headset and I'm asking people for their orders. And then they, then they, they moved me up to crew trainer. And I got a little nicer shirt, and I got a belt to wear with the, with the black pants. And, I mean, I was feeling pretty cool, you know. And, I, I mean, I studied. I knew all the, you know, fish fillet sandwich, 3 minutes, 33 seconds at 330 degrees. I mean, I knew, I, I mean, I was learning all this stuff, working the system. Next thing you know, as a high school senior, they offered me a swing manager position. I was like, what? I was going to get a pink shirt to wear <laughs> and a tie. I was like, Yeah. I mean, I have, I'm rising up here. <laughs> what, I, what I came to discover is that uh, um, the raise for a swing shift manager, what it really meant, it was like 25 cents more an hour for a whole lot more responsibility and getting yelled at a lot more. <laughs> and man, I had a boss, and she was not nice. And I remember starting to feel like, man, every time that she calls me into the office it, it's never for anything positive it's never you know hey todd thanks you're working hard man i see you out there you're doing a great job training that kid and hey you're doing a great job here now, time and time again it was just something something that went wrong during my shift hey well you know we really need to concentrate on this hey we really need to focus on hey you know that didn't come through the right way or hey we didn't make sales like we should have and every time i went into the office and and on this one particular day I, and i was an, i was a newer christian and for the first time in my life, I was trying to figure out, like, what does, what does my faith mean here, too, at McDonald's? Does it have anything to do with today? And I remember coming across uh, these verses in Colossians. Whatever you do, work willingly, as for the Lord, not for men. Remember, remember as you work, that there's a reward, an inheritance Because the real master you are serving is Christ. And for the first time in my life, I saw that verse lived out in living color. I'm in the office, and the manager has just given it to me, and I was sick of it. I was honestly, I ended up taking a demotion. I said, you know what? I I can't do this anymore. Make me, just put me back down. Make me a crew trainer. I was happy then. I didn't have all this responsibility. She she just come down on me, and I'm walking out of the office. It's a good thing I didn't say it out loud, but I thought it in my mind, and it changed everything for me. 
I'm walking out of the office, and I thought to myself for the first time, I'm sure glad I don't work for you. If, if I was just working for her, I would have bailed. Enough of this already. But in that moment, I knew, because Jesus had rescued my life, that there was a greater purpose to my flipping of burgers. There was a greater purpose to my greeting people at the cash register because it mattered to God now. And you guys, I don't know what your Monday's going to look like. Maybe you've got a great job that you love. Maybe it's a grind. Maybe you work for yourself and you still complain about the boss. <laughs> I don't know. But what if, what if we could worship this Monday as we went into work? Most of you probably don't recognize the name Nicholas Herman. Nicholas Herman was born in 1611 to a peasant family, earned a living as a soldier in Europe until he was wounded and could no longer performed the duties of a soldier and then worked as a footman in a household for a time until finally he decided he would try to go and work at a monastery. He thought, maybe if I go work at a monastery, I can kind of pay for the sins of my youth and I'll just live out my days sacrificing the pleasures of life um, for the service of God. They, they put him in charge of the kitchen, a, a job that he did not embrace quickly. He thought, this at a monastery? I'm, I'm washing dishes. I'm making meals. And yet it was in the midst of the mundane that Nicholas Herman discovered the very presence of God in his everyday work. And there in the monastery, people would start to come, not to just talk to the, to the priest or the monks, but they would come to talk to Nicholas. He became known as Brother Lawrence. And he wrote about the practice of the presence of God. And one of his most infamous prayers shapes how we approach our Mondays. He prayed, Lord of all pots and pans and things, since I have no time to be a great saint by doing lovely things or watching late with thee or dreaming in the dawnlight or storming heaven's gates, make me a saint by getting meals and washing up the plates. He prayed, warm all thy kitchen with thy love and light it with thy peace. Forgive me all of my worrying and make my grumbling cease. Thou who didst love to give men food in room or by the sea, accept the service that I do, for I do it unto thee. He learned the secret of work, that there's a greater purpose, that no matter what we do, we can worship while we work. Because our work matters. It matters where we work because it's, it's where God has you right now. It matters how we work. 
as we work with integrity and sincerity and a willingness. And most of all, it matters why we work. Yes, to put food on the table for our families, but because ultimately we serve his life, greater master. Jesus, the one that loved us and gave his life for us. He's the one that we report to. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you that your word is so relevant for us this Sunday morning as we look ahead to our Monday. And God, I pray that you would give us a new perspective on how we approach work this week. And Jesus, that we would represent you well as your followers. Jesus, would you help us, empower us, encourage us, and help us to be the greatest examples of hard work and integrity and discipline and help us to have joy this week. Maybe not because of our circumstances, but because you enter into the midst of our circumstances with us. And this too can be an act of worship to you, Jesus. It's in your name that we ask this. Amen. Would you stand with me? And would you repeat after me our benediction and our memory verse for this series together? Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. God bless you guys as you go into your Monday this week.